Good day to you. Coming at you today, faster than the speed of fun. We're going to hit a Mach 3 in the realm of awesomeness. We will break the sound barrier with pure laughter and joy. So I hope you have a barf bag with you for this show in case you do a little yuck yuck. We're going on another outdoor adventure here today for this episode, live in the backyard, live from the backyard of Animal Fun Park. I guess um, that's the old name for this house. Um, I haven't really thought of a new, like like a studio name yet for uh, for this place I live in. I, it's my It's a house. In the backyard, though, I feel like it could have a studio name. So uh, if anyone wants to write in or send me some suggestions, I'm open for that. I'll probably come up with something, but it'd be fun just to hear what ideas you have for uh, an outdoor studio. There could be two studio names, one for outdoors and one for the indoors. I think the indoors is the great indoors studio. So focus on the outdoor. Anyway, I'm here with my buddy today, Gavin Troy. We are going to go for it today go for it, do a little pop-up prairie dog parade and have some time just talking about his wonderful, cool life. And I'm excited for you to hear about it. If you don't know who Gavin Troy is, he is an incredible, highly esteemed, highly acclaimed Tucson visual artist and much more than that as well. His artwork makes me feel really good when I see it. There's all kinds of theory we can get into and that whole world, but just to see it makes me feel really good. I gather you will too. It's very sweet, comforting, calming, beautiful. Mm, a lot of a lot of good a lot of good words to describe it. His artwork is a feast for the eyes. It's just delicious. It will satisfy your eyes taste buds so i'm excited to jump in with you again another little jump and wiggle and sniggle into the show kind of cool as well that we have these last names together troy and trojan it's gotta be something to that because we get along real well so anyway this is the troy and trojan episode of bradford trojan friends the bells and now we'll have a moment of silence (laughs) to start (laughs) let the birds speak and the plane (laughs) and the truck backing up (laughs) the beautiful sounds of city and nature mixed it's like city mouse and country mouse coming together (laughs) and having a slurry a slurry of fun (laughs) Oh, Ooh. there we go. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Who's that? Yeah, I want to know who that is. What's what's their name? You, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Wild E. Bird. <laughs> oh, 
it's amazing. Like, yeah, giving this moment of silence, which now I'm talking over, <laughs> <laughs> but getting to hear all the sounds of nature. We could just record this for the episode, and it would be like the sweet sounds of nature, and people could just play it as like a you know calming, <laughs> super relaxed. <laughs> Maybe super relaxed, and then we're like, well, that was a good one. Thanks for being here. And we sign off, and, and that's it's like his that life. was the interview. And that's his life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, honestly it's kind of it kind of is fitting though Gavin yeah. I think <laughs> not that you're you know you just don't talk but uh, it's it's like the quiet time you know when we yeah. hang out we get a lot of time just to go in deep right and, and talk yeah. about the big expanse and you know hang out in that space it's it's easy to go there together i think which is yeah. really i really um appreciate about you and so it's nice to be able to just have those those little pauses right for sure yeah yeah and a lot of it lately has been on on bike rides so that's always been nice I know. can like get into it and then roll away for a bit yeah yeah and then come back then come back in maybe maybe i should like try and figure out how to do a mobile that's what i was like podcast <laughs> yeah. and just bike around yeah with the guests yeah that's what i was thinking but you need oh. maybe one of those yeah fuzzy mic <laughs> covers yeah i need a big fuzzy boom mic yeah. um which uh i was just i was just actually just filming and the sound guy uh throw a plug out for uh divided by zero danny um his he has one of those boom mics right it's the classic yeah. thing you see in like tv and movies and yeah um big furry like huge you know <laughs> yeah. encasing of the yeah. microphone and uh i was like man that's just so cool you know really looking at the setup and i've seen so many over the years and he's like yeah they call it the dead cat <laughs> <laughs> nice that's really oh okay yeah yeah it's just like you know that's the industry lingo and um makes me sad because I, I love cats but I'm like, right. i get it and apparently there's been cases and instances where there people are filming and sometimes dogs will run at it and try to bite the <laughs> oh <my> microphone <laughs> case so hence uh, the name hence the name yeah oh <laughs> so if we're doing a bike podcast I'd have to be real careful that the neighborhood dogs yeah. wouldn't come after. <laughs> <laughs> that would be part of it. That's that would, yeah. Now you're bringing in YouTube, like that yes. should be. <laughs> that would have to be a video cast, whatever, and uh, and, and show show that the trials and tribulations. But that'd be a fun bike, biking, uh, biking interviews. Yeah, so it's great. It's really nice, and this is kind of the times where we have been going out doing bike rides yes saturday morning right now. saturday morning bike rides yeah yeah we're recording this and um it's beautiful out beautiful everything yeah it is down all the trees i think the last time we were gonna do this what happened a storm came in that's right and you're like you're off the hook (laughs) yeah it's like you're (laughs) dead It's like, okay. It's true. The storm came in. It was. It dropped super cold, and yeah. we we're gonna do it. Yeah. And you're like, oh shucks. <laughs> Not that you haven't wanted to, no. but it's been a little bit of push. You know, yeah. let's 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 push it out a little. Yeah. Let's push it out a little bit further. That's good. And that's okay. That's fine. This is perfect. It's great. It's so good. This is beautiful. Leaf. The trees leafing. The birds' plumage. <laughs> 
filling out. I want the hummingbird to come back. That's super. Hummingbird collecting precious super beautiful silks, silken webs for its nests. Yeah, it's yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I'm just delighted. Then so there's there's the the guided visual for everybody that's here. I think that is a, also a fitting because mm. um, you are a very esteemed and accomplished visual artist. Hmm. Yeah. And so I, w- I want to talk about that and yeah. um, thanks. Maybe give that as like a a little a little taster teaser because uh, it's the kind of thing where yeah, if we were doing a video, we'd be able to show uh, showcase some of your work and yeah. You know, there's going to be links. There's the links are in the show so people can see all that um, to see your art and um and if, so if we kind of have that as like you know that's where we're heading. Uh-huh. If, we, if we go back and reverse here and just put the uh, the Econoline in uh, in backup mode, okay. Uh, where would that take us? Where would we go? Like the <laughs> appearance on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> your yes, your appearance on Earth when you when you decide to start off the uh, scene one. Yeah, that would be uh, nineteen sixty seven. Yeah. I think it was the summer of love. That's what some people say. Maybe that was 68, 69, 69. But 67 is like when it's pretty, pretty funky. Yeah. It's like when all my, most of my favorite music albums came out. Yeah. Yeah. 67 (laughs) born in, um, uh, Ravenna, Ohio. Oh yes. And my, my mom and my dad were teaching at Kent state university. Oh. When when was the when was the shooting there? It was like shortly after that. Yeah, I wanted to ask my mom exactly. When never, was she there? For? Never was really she? talked no, no one was there. We moved like shortly after I was born, we moved to Westchester, Pennsylvania, actually, which she probably didn't know. I did not know that. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've had I have a lot of friends. Yeah, I went to Westchester for a bit. Um, I think some of your other people you've interviewed. Yeah, the Doctor Dog. I met all Doctor Dog yeah. and like all my buddies from college there. Yeah. yeah, so they moved there. I don't exactly know why, but we're in a farmhouse. Wow. Out in Westchester, and then that was pretty short. Yeah. And then we moved to Huntingdon, Pennsylvania, which is near State College or Penn State. Yes. And that's where I spent the first, like, nine years of my life in a house there. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, tiny town. I think it's still pretty small. Mm-hmm. And we lived out in the country. Yeah. In the woods. We had... Uh, beautiful house out there no tv i mean we were so far out that you couldn't get there was no cable oh that's nice like you needed a (laughs) wire cable to run tv out and that hadn't even come out so i spent like the first eight years just in the woods growing up um gavin no tv for a while so i just had like nature it was amazing to think back on it now yeah. Um, just watching the rhythm of nature and studying it. And yeah. We had a waterfall leading to a pond in, yeah. our, in our side yard. And um, 
It was magical, super beautiful place. Um, so that was like, it's <laughs> just interesting talk, you know, thinking about the, the vast contrast between watching TV maybe four or five hours a day. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. as opposed to going out and being in like rural PA, which is right. gorgeous. I mean, Pennsylvania is like an exquisite state. Yeah. You know, if people haven't been there to see that landscape uh-huh. grow up in it. I mean, it's so rich. Yeah. It's rich green and the seasons and, you know, all that. So, yeah. So you got to really dive deep in mm-hmm. to the natural world and just yeah. really explore and. <clears throat> I imagine, you know, imagination-wise, probably without TV, you're just, like, forced to have this great, you know, experience. Total nature experience, yeah, Yeah. for sure. And just investigating everything from the way leaves broke down and mulched the earth and the seasons changing and just running through the woods, like, as far and fast as as I wanted and yeah super fun yeah did, really beautiful did you know um did you know other have other kids around there at the time or did you know like um there was this other world happening outside of that you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I mean we had I went to school an elementary school so I had friends and yeah they had TV so I got small doses so they small. just had to yeah small doses we had to just stop for a minute because there was a <laughs> dump dump truck um, and we were joking you know it's kind of um, you know just getting to unload stuff unloading here. the um, stuff unloading the backstory. yeah woof <laughs> yeah <laughs> all cleared up now all better yeah <laughs> I so yeah I mean I I went to I went to elementary school uh that was pretty small, um, and my grandparents lived in Maryland. So, when when we would go visit them, they lived in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland, okay. which is kind of more of a <clears throat> little more urbany yeah. setting. And my sister and I would just dose out on TV for like <laughs> twelve hours a day, <laughs> obsessed with learning about how people's TV relationship to television. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that yeah, would be it. That'd like, be the fill time. Like, my grandmother, <laughs> bless her, would like bring us food, the TV trays, and we would just be there the whole time. <laughs> Not all the time. Hooked but, in. She'd yeah. She'd hook the cable line yeah. into your the back of your occipital <laughs> lobe. Oh, um, oh my would, gosh. Would you? <laughs> what yeah. Would you watch? I'm just curious. Is yeah. It something you so watching back then. Yeah, I was trying to think like. Adam Twelve. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some like sci-fi maybe or like. Or is that sci-fi? that was like a TV? Oh, was like, like a, a police police one. Adam Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of cartoons. I mean, all the Warner yeah. Brothers cartoons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> show shows. I, I'm spacing. Oh, HR Puffin stuff. Trippy. I remember that nice was trippy. Pretty trippy. Yeah. Those guys were weird. They did it. Yeah. They did some weird stuff, man. And like. Yeah. I've <clears> gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> years ago with like the other offshoot shows they did whoa which are like real strange like yeah like I've, there's one bigfoot and like wild boy or something and like a sea creature i forget the name of that one but yeah yeah weird weird shows yeah uh i can't really i haven't i didn't spend too much time thinking yeah. about yeah, you know, those shows but it's probably best yeah. probably best not to yeah um 
what was yeah so that was like the yeah. the doses that we got were were in those forms so what about um so knowing that you uh you know going into like even skateboarding and and, and your art <clears throat> career now was there what was kind of like the beginnings of that what back then yeah so i mean growing up in pennsylvania no sidewalks it yeah. was like a oh. two-lane road to our house gosh that's nice um and then yeah um my parents split up when i was three and my father still lives there um in huntington he's a potter he does ceramic arts we're drinking out yeah from i brought these the two air the um, air. you know you got inspired from ash here's the, the, cheers like, to here, ash yeah. cheers to ash here for the puer the cups these, these cups i grew cups. up with um mm. and i just wanted to bring them with i thought it'd be kind of fun yeah. to share like i had these when i was this age and yeah these are some of the first cups he made he didn't even sign them oh, or anything beautiful. so these are gorgeous they're it's like so well made total 70s yeah style yeah ceramics very, i love it <laughs> it's so sweet yeah yeah, yeah so <clears throat> um my so my mom remarried and um we moved to arizona in 76 yeah 77 so to, t- to tempe to tempe mm-hmm. yep so it, it's funny like my parents my, my mom and my stepdad packed up the house um and drove the u-haul out to arizona mm-hmm. wow. and my sister and i were at my grandparents during that time in the summer this was after my birthday so this was like in july 77 i think and I found a skateboard in my grandparents' garage that was my um, mom's brother's skateboard from like the 60s. Whoa. So there was a wave of skateboarding in the 60s where the wheels were metal, the boards were super small, and it was kind of a fad or a, like a real toy back then. Yeah. Um, the first wave of skateboarding hit. Um, across the country, swept the country Whoa. from California across the country and across the world. Yeah. And so that board was my mom's brothers from the 60s, maybe like 62, Whoa. 63 or something. And I've seen that, that actual board. In, I wish I had it. I've seen that actual board in um, like a skate history museum. Yeah. In California. Yeah. Recently I just saw it. <clears throat> Because it has, um, like, footprints on the bottom of it, showing you, like, how to stand or whatever. Oh, my gosh. Wish I had that board. So that summer, I found that board, and I started riding because, you know, my grandparents lived in the city, and I started rolling down the sidewalk. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember, like, rolling down the driveway on my stomach and then going down the sidewalk. And just being like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then standing up. So when we moved, my sister and I flew into Tempe. So those of you who know Sky Harbor Airport, um, this was like the plan lane lands. And then you walk off the plane down the (laughs) steps. 
and with, people are smoking on the plane and <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but sky harbor airport it was just one stall oh that's all it was then. yeah whoa okay so it was just the plane lands you walk down the stairs off yeah. the plane outside and then it's like one booth with not even a conveyor belt and they just throw the luggage out that's like 1977 <laughs> oh. phoenix way different that's so different yeah than <laughs> yeah. what it's become yeah sky harbor international airport yeah uh so that's that summer like we got there to tempe my parents because my stepdad got a job at asu yeah and uh so we lived near asu um i got a skateboard at kmart this one was more up to date it had urethane wheels uh it was a Makaha skateboard. Uh, I, and sh- I actually do know that. I think I know that Makaha? brand. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I just started skating. We had a sidewalk. I started skating. And then I met um, some good friends who skated <clears throat> uh, in grade school. And so that's kind of what, how I landed in in Tempe, 1976-77, rainbows, roller skates, Arizona State University. Wow. People skateboarding around. You're like, how, how big was it then? So you had the 60s wave, right? And then when it kind of started, and then yeah. by 70s, where, when you got there, so, was this commonplace? Like, were people... Yeah, this was like the second wave. So with skateboarding... The first wave was the metal wheels and clay wheels, mm. and the boards were pretty. People rode them, and it just was not the best. People were falling. People were hitting rocks and falling, and you, you know, it was a, a different scene. Once urethane wheels came out, and then that would be um, in the 70s. So I kind of caught the the beginning of that, and that's when it was really taking off. Yeah. Where a lot of skate parks were being built all around California, and there were some in Arizona, Mesa and Tempe and, and Phoenix. And um, there was one by my house, but I was still just sidewalk surfing pretty much. Sidewalk surfer. Yeah, and then we met my friends, and we started looking at, like, Skateboarder magazine. Yeah. And that was when... So when we were looking at that, we were seeing, like the Dogtown and the Mm Z-Boys stuff, which those movies kind of brought people up to par on what was happening. So we emulated those guys from the magazines and were skating empty swimming pools, bailing out swimming pools and skating empty swimming pools. Pool rats. Yeah. Were you were you like <laughs> I don't know my my terminology skating terminology is minimal but you know I did yeah. skate a little but not like nowhere near what you were doing and yeah. like so when you were doing that you were just going off of magazines and our friends and yeah. friends so that's how you would learn it's like you're learning and the skate these parks yeah and skate parks it's like mm-hmm. that was it no videos yep. that's before like the next wave happened where people started doing right. home, home movies basically the home video skateboarding yeah there were a couple movies out 
a few things on TV. Yeah. Like when we moved to Tempe, we had a little TV. So yeah, I remember like Wild World of Sports would show some stuff from California. Yeah. Slalom racing and some skate parks mm-hmm. and like there would be some commercials but yeah. yeah it was mostly the magazines is what we learned from who was uh your inspiration at the time were there some skaters that were like i mean i know we've i've been talking to you about Dwayne peters and oh yeah and stuff like was he was he that was, at the point where it was Dwayne peters in the <laughs> 70s did a whole yeah he was He's from the punk band, the U.S. Bombs. Yeah, He's like right. So in the dude. 70s, he was doing like this touring show. Gosh, I forget what it was, but it was like completely like theatrical. Okay. Theatrically based. I think they did some things at the Santa Monica Civic Center, and they would be wearing like flowing <laughs> costumes <Whoa>. and <laughs> doing all these really wild things. He was kind of involved in that at the time. But for me, it was more like Tony Alva, Jay Adams, those guys we were looking up to. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so... And then just my friends that I skated with, too. They were really the ones. I was kind of like yeah, the newbie, so I would look up to them. Was, was there, like, um, also in the learning process of tricks and things, was there anything that was really difficult or times it was just like this is I mean I'm sure there was some trial and error yeah (laughs) or what was that like I think it was just the progression happened so quickly for for quite a few years yeah you know it was just we all kind of were learning together and I think there was a certain point where um uh <clears throat> we moved from our first house. We got the second house, and my my mom, bless, bless her, bless my parents, they let me build a half pipe in the backyard. Wow. Which is, uh, you know, a ramp made out of wood. Um, and this was so late 70s, early 80s. Everything happened so quick, but all the parks closed in the late 70s. All the skate parks closed because of insurance problems. Like... Uh-huh. The skate parks now are just like parks where you can go and skate. But back then, you had to pay, become a member. A lot of things happened with insurance, so almost all of them closed. Whoa. And then um, that's when skateboarding became more like DIY. And there was a magazine, like Skateboarder Magazine was the magazine we looked at. That switched and eventually went under and Thrasher magazine yes. was the one yeah. for us and they had like how to build a ramp and it was like super DIY like whoa we're going to and a small community too yeah i mean relative to what yeah. it is today so yeah we used plans from there to build a half pipe in my backyard and that's where i really started progressing and then we also were bailing water out of empty swimming pools and skating those and learning. A lyric from Dwayne Peters again here is from uh, (laughs) U.S. Bombs, only a fool has a pool and keeps it full. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, you really got into him. I didn't know. 
Yeah. You really got into it. I didn't the... know he was a skateboarder until after, you know, wow. like getting into the music. So yeah. It was the music first, like punk rock yeah. days, which we're going to jump into a little, you know, but and then it was like, oh, he was like a famous skater. Yeah. Semi famous yeah. skater. So, um, and that's when I was like, oh, people skating pools. Whoa. Yeah. It's a whole nother culture. Yeah. And he was on the forefront for sure. Yeah. I mean, even in skateboarding magazine days, he. He did make his transition into to punk, and it was like, mm. gosh, it all it all happened in this quick little time span. But it was when the year punk and punk broke in '77. Yeah, so it was so, like this whole thing that all these right bands that were just the, like blowing up. I think like what what rocked my world back then was like right when the skateboarder magazine was transitioning it, it and then fading out. It, it turned into Action Now magazine <clears throat> and right around that time um, like Devo oh. was what rocked my world oh wow know, learning about Devo and, and they had they adopted the skate cult, cult, culture at the time they did so this was like late 70s early 80s and mm. they came out on stage wearing knee pads from skateboarding and one of them had a guitar that was a skateboard skateboard guitar wow i didn't know that I, yeah. I mean i know early devo which is very punk yeah and yeah for anyone that's um wants to get into devo more go go <laughs> into the early devo the yeah. early years you know yeah and uh but that's i didn't know how tied into the skate world they were yeah and it's crazy because i think they started at kent Kent State. They in, were Ohio, yeah. In Ohio. There you go. Like I saw some of the early black and white. Yeah. And they're like a performance art yes. punk band. Yeah. And I've seen some of those. I'm just like, no way. That's yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, to bring kind of music into yeah. the skateboard thing, like that's where that kind of. Yes. So that is. It's nice you bring that. You know, as a segue here. Um, yeah. Like the um, the way that the uh, the music was was feeding the skateboarding yes. culture. Yep. From that point on, I mean, before that, I don't. I mean, I don't know what were they listening to in like the early '70s skating. You know, probably some heavier, Led Zeppelin, classic or, rock and stuff. Yeah, but, classic rock. But then there was like skateboarding music. I mean, like punk really fed into that. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice symbiotic mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah. Like. So, yeah, Thrasher, yeah, Thrasher kind of fueled that too. Mm. As far as the community went, and they had like skate rock, uh-huh. and so all these skate rock bands, punk rock bands, kind of yeah. formed together. The Big Boys from Austin, JFA, which is from Phoenix, Tempe. Yes, you've told me about that area. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess like first. For me, it was like New Wave, yeah, Devo, the Flying Lizards, um, listening to the Erg, the soundtrack with all these different, yeah. So getting exposed to like Gary Newman and Kraftwerk and the Flying Lizards, and I think that's just growing up in Tempe in a college town and going to the record shops there and being exposed to all this New Wave and like. Craft work and synthesizers and the Moog and all these different 
instruments and new ways of listening yeah. to things, being exposed to so much. And then um, it was just like early 80s. And then that's when punk rock somehow like decline of the Western civilization came in to the movie theater. And that's when like everything just shifted <laughs> into punk rock. And skateboarding. I love how some of these we're piggybacking a little from the last episode because we're talking Josh and his decline of Western Civ was like huge. You know how big it was for all of us, Mm -hmm. and and you got to see it. So you got to see it that in the theater, like almost like real time for that time. Basically, right? You were like in it then. Yes. Yeah. Um, We're in it. So West Coast. Yeah. Basically, like mostly west coast punk rock yeah sure yeah you know seeing all those bands starting up and then right around that time they were starting to tour i missed the first black flag did come through and it was the three piece um which i really wished i would have seen i know exactly where they played (laughs) and jfa played with them um at the knights of pythias hall in tempe and i missed that one but i did see them with Henry's first tour. Yeah. And having to ask, I think I was a freshman in high school, having to ask my mom if I can go to see this. (laughs) (laughs) Can I go see Black Flag? Can I go see Black Flag? Mother. JFA in the theaters. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Is that either the Samacapella groups? We'll be home before 10. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, So you you had a venue there and seeing a lot of bands coming through yeah like at the time classic spot uh madison square garden on van buren in downtown phoenix <laughs> i love it across from bill johnson madison square garden <laughs> yeah madison square garden it was a professional wrestling ring yeah and so the first year or two it was just the ring and the bands would lift their equipment over into the ring and then we would have the pit there and you could run up and hit the ropes and come off and pretty exciting stuff it's amazing geez yeah just going in and like so fresh and adrenaline yeah complete like waiting in line just feeling the adrenaline of yeah. this whole new experience of yeah after seeing the decline of the yeah. western civilization here and it then, is in the flesh yeah bands and i'm sure bands that were like that seated bands right like i always know about how like the ramones would tour when that first because they were kind of i mean kind of first punk band in the u.s i'd say and then they'd hit a town and then seed it and then look at how many bands come out from that you know it's like then you have you know yeah just the outgrowth from that so yeah like you got to be in that seeing Uh that world yeah i'm probably like oh let's go skate then let's go like yeah yeah, it just happened. So it was amazing. That was a really yeah. super fun time to go see the shows and then just be skating. And, and yeah. then we met JFA and skated with them. It was like oh a my whole, gosh. you know, yeah, super fun, super fun times. And everything was, we were like on the forefront of it and yeah. just having such a great time. Um, and then also... Uh, being in Tempe, I guess just the university town, so like 
I think I mentioned to you before the Sun City Girls. Like we would see mm. these other bands, and I got exposed to music I don't think I'd ever would have listened to. So they're more experimental, yeah, like jazz, really wild, and just sitting through it. Like what is this? But now I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, man, I was being exposed to some awesome music. Yeah. And the Me Puppets, their early days. Right. They're Arizona right in based. Tempe. They were right there, yeah. Yeah. I think they grew up in Paradise Valley, but but yeah, they were in Tempe. Yeah. And seeing them play just in little apartment parties, <sighs> the Lemon and Terrace Club and <laughs> Super <fun>. Lucky. Would <laughs> 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 uh, were there any other groups coming through that you remember that stand out? That from that time period, or uh, like TSOL, yes, Vandals. Do you see Vandals? the Vandals? Yeah, oh, Secret Hate. So jealous. Uh, <laughs> Bad Brains, of course. I mean, that was my god, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Dead Kennedys, right. That I mean, was you awesome. see, yeah, I mean, you're, you're literally, you were part of history there, watching like the. They were coming through on the way out, and yeah. I think they, a lot of them would come to Tucson too, on mm-hmm. the way out. You know, it's kind of like the I-10. Yeah. Route, yeah. and then maybe on to Austin after that, and yeah. across the country. But yeah, we were pretty lucky. Yeah. Being there to see. And pretty wild shows, I imagine. Pretty wild shows. Early yeah. Dead Kennedys days, like. Dead Kennedys was awesome. Yeah. That was at. I remember the the most m- memorable show was at a place called Party Gardens, but it used to be the Wax Museum for Phoenix. It was a wax museum <laughs> that you would go see these dioramas of different <laughs> people set up. <laughs> Super awesome. And so some of the things were still there, but it had closed. And the Dead Kennedys played, and he... He came out with wearing a fez and doing like a mime act for the first 15 minutes or something. I was just like, oh my, this is awesome. I can't believe this. <laughs> really amazing. Yeah. Oh. Special times. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh. It is special yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. Early punk rock days. Yeah. Did you um so as as you're like you know the soundtrack to your life at this point and coming back into skating and just mm-hmm. you know getting getting your chops going more there and getting better becoming a better skate skateboarder um uh-huh. so you've told me you were pro not just sponsored sponsored I got free stuff okay basically you were sponsored but and I got paid. Well, just helped out to go to contests sometimes, but that's yeah. it. I never had a board with my name on it or anything like that. So, yeah, the, like, high school, those four years, I think my last year of high school, I got my first sponsor from being in a contest yeah. um, on the west side of Phoenix and got picked up by a company in San Diego uh, who's still around going skateboard trucks and um, rode for them. And um, so that was like senior year of high school. Yeah. And then, uh, so my folks, um, my stepdad, (laughs) 
got a job at Johns Hopkins. Oh, yeah, back in Maryland. In Maryland. And this was like my senior year of high school. And, and they were like, you, you can move with us to Maryland or you can stay here and go to school. And so um, I was so involved in skateboarding and com com the competitive side now, I've like really focused in. We had built ramps to ride and we're the contest circuit was alive in Phoenix and here in Tucson this is when I first started coming to Tucson was in the 80s yeah for contests and then in Flagstaff some in Vegas a little bit in California um, but that's when and I also started taking pictures of, of skating well yeah. I did that in high school too um, and so um, Let's see. So they moved. Yeah. My mom helped me get an apartment. And Wow. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I remember graduating and uh, just going to a party that night. The moving the moving van was packed. They were leaving. I had my apartment. I went to a party and I just was like, Wow, this is weird. <laughs> and I went home to my old house empty and sat in my room like holy cow okay well turning a, a page you know and I mm. and I went to my <laughs> left there and went to my rode my bike over to my new place and uh, started at Mesa Community College um, in photography like focused on oh. doing photography and skating competitively and I got sponsored by a board company. Um, first, it was Santa Cruz Skateboards, um, and then I s then the opportunity came up to ride for GNS Skateboards out of San Diego. So I did that. And um, okay, um, so yeah, I was like, it's like a whole new thing opened up, and yeah. I was taking pictures. Um, sponsored by these companies skating competitively and going to junior college or community college and working at like fast one hour photo wow you know <laughs> was it like one of those in the middle of a parking lot it then... was in a strip mall you yeah. know out in like mesa and yeah. by mesa community college where i went yeah fast one hour photo this is gavin how may i help you <laughs> We'll get your photo in an hour for I'm you. I'm like printing people's pictures that on this huge color machine. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Wearing this polyester shirt. Oh, wow. And just like, anyways, yeah, doing that whole thing. Looking and, through people's photos. Yeah, just bizarre. <laughs> printing a lot of... Would you see any weird stuff? Oh, man, I wish... I wish I could say that I pulled some weird... Yeah, nothing... Probably not as exciting. Nothing as, super yeah. weird. No. Yeah. No, it, it didn't last that long because I ended up getting a job, a work-study job at in the darkroom at the nice. community college. which was perfect. Yeah. That was way more chill. Yeah. And then... Um, and you're, do, you're doing these contests... Skating the like contest... Like every weekend or mm, like a lot... Often. Yeah, there were like, yeah, there were quite a few. I would say maybe a couple a month, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there were like different ones. And then uh, 
was it intense with like the competition with the dudes who were like yeah it was weird like i just was super focused on what i was doing yeah um and very quiet like the whole my whole adolescence was pretty quiet unless you know with a smaller group of friends yeah but for the most time just like more introverted a little more introverted yes totally introverted and focused on what i'm whatever i'm doing so that was skateboarding at the time it was like yeah. 110 percent just focused on that and progressing we were pushing each other yeah and uh 110 percent for being a total 360 degree yeah <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah. Um, 365 days of the year. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. I think I remember in high school riding my skateboard to school every day of the year. Wow. Like we just we lived close by, so yeah. it was all there. It's like um, in the movies you see them do that, where it's just, you know they're like skating, just doing tricks on the way, and like yeah. you know, is that yeah. how it was, or was it more just like no, I'm just skating to school. I'm just literally it's getting yeah. me to school but it would be like cruising for yeah, sure just cruise to school yeah and do the tricks later and i mean we skated around asu and did did stuff there um maybe a couple little tricks who knows yeah some were, were people pretty like forget uh, allowed you to do that or would you get a little bit razzled by the the man yeah it's you know back then it was definitely we were the outcasts you know yeah of society really yes. and wearing vans Bands. getting made of like what are those clown shoes you know by kids wow. in high school and yeah we got made fun of for having a rip in our jeans or something you it's know? funny because like, it's so mainstream now I know. it's on everything <laughs> yeah. you know but back yeah. then was not it was like yeah. you would get beat up yeah or you could get beat up and no one understood skateboarding that yeah. much i mean yeah pockets mm-hmm. for sure i mean there were commercials yeah. It's like Sunkissed commercial yeah. with skateboarding or yeah. Rondo. You know, there were like moments, peaks of little com- consumerism. Yeah. Peaks and, and valleys of skateboarding. But for the most part, yeah, we were just kind of like frowned upon. Would you, would you also get like razzled by um, like jocks and. Yeah. Do, yeah. What would you yeah. do? What do you do? Would you just like. I'm on a getaway. I got a skateboard. I can get away quick. Or would yeah. they come after you guys? Just whatever, you know. Yeah. I, I never really was confrontational or anything. You were just hanging so. out, but would you have friends that would do that? Maybe. Maybe they knew how to, like, <laughs> divert, say something. Yeah. And yeah. I would more just be like, roll away. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm still like that. I'll roll away from the scene. <laughs> If this gets too much, if I start getting too much, you're going to yeah. roll off yeah, right okay. off the mic here. You're like, I'm going, yeah. I'm out. <laughs> I'll just, I'll uh, see you. <laughs> so this is cool. Like I was Mesa Community College, get all getting into that 100%. And um, and then I broke my ankle. Oh. And up, up the ramp that we skated at like all the time. And when I... I was like, dang, you know, well, at least I have photography and I can take pictures. And then I was like, oh, I'll make a zine because kids were making zines all over the country. Yeah. And I think Thrasher even had like a 
thing that promoted the different zines. And, I, and so I was laid up and I was like, oh, I'll make a zine. And I called it Grindline. And so nice. that was super fun, like, because I was in photography class at college and, or Mesa Community College. And then so I had time to, like, I really got into, like, doing layout and covering contests and um, writing articles. And I had, like, a feature, AZ Ripper of like the next the, the upcoming whoever's skating really well awesome so i had Whoa. a blast doing this yeah and i made quite a few and that like um kept going even after i the ankle healed quick and i was yeah. back on board but i kind of started doing that more and i started i was like oh i could get ads and help pay for gas to go to tucson or to flagstaff or to San Diego and then I started making t-shirts and doing the same thing um, there was a skate shop in Mesa called the Bear Cover <laughs> and they the owner was awesome really amazing guy I used to do demos for them too they, we had a team it was the Bear Cover trick team wow. and we would go around and do demos at um, elementary schools and um the street fair in Tempe, like the street fair here in Tucson, like yeah. we would do demos there, and they had a portable half pipe <sighs> that we would take and skate and uh, jump ramps, and there were BMXers and hacky sackers and frisbee players. It was like the alternative sports yes thing <laughs> yes yeah. And so that guy was he was great, Alan, and he promoted the sport and his shops grew around the valley and like kids all over were into it and and he liked what I did and he printed the shirts for me and for, at a good cost and then yeah. I um, would deliver you know go around and that's how I kind of fueled myself to go to different places Tucson and Flagstaff and around Phoenix and distribute the shirts into San Diego. Dude, that's rad. That was super fun. That's amazing. Yeah, it all just kind of happened like in the MCC days, the Mesa Community College time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was super fun. So that zine was, it was just a really fun project to do. And I think that's when I started getting into like design and layout and having fun doing that. So you were, at this point, you were not, were you painting at all yet? No, but like I that? was, I always drew a little bit, but yeah, skating was 100, you know, like I said. That was just, it, 100%. That was it. That and, was your life. And photography. And photography. Printing, like yeah. darkroom, lots yeah. of darkroom time. Yeah. Oh, and then in at MCC, this was like towards the end. I think I was there. three years yeah I don't know. it's longer than and um, I took my first art history course and then also photo history so then I started getting exposed to art and seeing you know paintings and um, photographers who were exploring other areas and then my parents were in Baltimore so I would go visit them for Christmas break and start I started going to like I think the first Christmas 
Um, my parents took me to D.C. to see there was an Ansel Adams uh, retrospective yeah. in, in D.C. And so I got to see all of Ansel Adams' work, and I was just blown away. And, and then a lot of paintings there, too, at the National Museum. So I was being exposed to art that I never was before yeah. all at that time. And then I took my first art history course um, my last semester at M MCC <clears throat> and saw all this art from Europe and I was like, I gotta go see this. And I sold my car and went there the next summer to Europe. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I was like, I gotta see this stuff in person. Yeah. So, sold my car, got a Eurail pass, uh, saved up what little savings I had and went to Europe and went to all these spots that I saw in art history books, you know, and... Was there an artist at the time that you were just really, really into? Um, it was just the general vibe. At that time, yeah, just... Overall, I guess, just seeing, I think at that time period, I was being exposed to all the different time periods. So I was really into like, also my musical tastes had shifted into like the Bau Bauhaus. Yeah. I was being exposed to like art, some art rock bands, art bands. Yeah. Yeah. And like tones on tail and all these, this was like mid to late 80s yeah time yeah more transitional stuff yeah for me in my life and and like doing that um so yeah i think i was into like gothic art yeah and like staying i was really into stained glass windows um and i really wanted to see like Chartres cathedral and yeah um just all the big like St. Peter's Cathedral and all these different um, the Vatican Museum Michelangelo all the classics and yeah the sculptures it's like I had to see this and yeah. I didn't even know why I was just I, it's like I had to go look at this stuff just wanted the transmission to yeah like be around it and yeah yeah and uh, not that I was like a real like into realism or anything I just it's like I just had to go see this and um, I had a friend who was uh, taking classes in um, London so I kind of ended up in London getting my like Doc Martin boots and you know <laughs> yeah creepers and <laughs> that that's where I was at and you know yeah that style um and then hung out with him and then came back from that trip and that's when i went to asu and uh started taking that's when i i was gonna go for photography and graduate with a degree in photography and i took my first color theory class and uh met my professor there who was um Dennis Gillingwater, I think he's still there, super awesome guy, um, who kind of introduced me into the world of mixed media and um, intermedia, which was a new program at the time. And 
it was great because it allowed you to um, have a they wanted a background in photography which I had but then it allowed you to explore pretty much everything um, you could explore ceramics and sculpture and printmaking and jewelry I explored all these different areas and then kind of focused in on performance and video art oh as kind of like tying all that together yeah and this was kind of a new field in the arts of uh, installation art and yeah um, performance and video and um, a lot of my teachers who were really into that field were like paintbrushes and sculpting tools or thing and things of the past and <laughs> it's all about video and computer technology it's all about the VHS cassette yeah and I was this is the future I was like oh I don't know like <laughs> but Dennis Gillingwater my the color theory professor <laughs> he he kind of he was more hands-on still with his materials and ways of working and yeah so I took all those other classes and I did some installation art and did some video, which I loved doing the video art. That was super fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, what kind of stuff would you do with the video art? Or do you still have it? I wish I still had it. Yeah. I don't have it anymore. Just like yeah, what kind of things? Because it's not. I mean, <laughs> what kind? Yeah. They were like music videos. Okay. Kind of like. Yeah. Set. They were instrumental. There was a band called Lyceum that was a friend of mine's band. Oh. It's kind of heavy, um, real electronic music. And um, at that point in my life, was I was it was like a lot of um, transformation I was going through. Yeah, a lot of like, which I look at it now and I'm like, it's awesome, like dying to the old self. Like I was like yeah. focused on that, like death to the to the self, and yeah. <laughs> rebirth. Yeah, <laughs> but kill, it was like kill the ego. Yeah, but at that time, again, I didn't really know, like, yeah, you know, what I was doing. But if I had those videos, I could show you, and it was all about that. It's like, yeah, and I reached a point in photography where I was exposed to, I forget the maybe you know some of their names but they focused in on just like scratches on a wall maybe it's Aaron oh. Siskin or Aaron Siskin I, yeah I was like, so I was t just telling you because we just break broke for a moment to have some raw fudge yeah that I made super awesome yum yum holy cacao oh. and it's uh, delicious so Pu'er and fudge for the last half of this will Woo. buzz us up and the um so I went to school for photography at University yeah. of the Arts in Philly for a couple years and then I art school dropout um, but I was yeah I definitely started getting into those zones of photography like uh -huh. pinhole camera stuff I mean Ooh, making nice. pinhole cameras I was really into Ouija who was mm. the photographer mm -hmm. who would go decisive out. moment or? yeah he'd jump and get to these like crime scenes and take these but he had a whole dark room in his trunk of his car and I was like this is awesome I saw photos of that I was like this is so yeah. cool I was like really into that and then I started wanting to get it more into like <laughs> then I then I became more into like parapsychology and I was like oh I'll start taking photos of that and then I was like I don't want to take photos anymore <laughs> especially when the digital age started I was yeah. like eh but 
but yeah the darkroom world getting to that and so yeah more like abstract photography yeah um i yeah i love it all i mean i now uh-huh. i love photography you know with friends of mine that are photographers oh so. man i still have my enlarger oh wow and all yeah. my trays wow and everything because i loved that process it's amazing i mean just seeing the image come up yeah and spending i used to spend hours in the darkroom printing yeah i was um i worked at a photography um store during college uh, right off of right around the corner from my school and it was mid-city camera i think and on walnut street and they had like this really cool old building three levels you know tons of back stock and you know it's just like when photography was thriving you know right before digital kind of came but yeah uh I remember I'd always go up to like the second or third floor and there's this back room and I was like, I'd hear stuff in this room, but it was always closed and it was a little creepy. I'm like, is this place haunted? I mean, it's Philly. There's some old buildings. Yeah. And, um, after a few times I asked someone there, I think my manager at the time, I say, what's going on in the, I hear this noise. And she's like, oh, that's Brian. Um, he's blind and he comes in Whoa. and he just rolls film all day in the dark oh my gosh and wow. puts these spools you know like yeah. for their own brand bulk of film bulk yeah, film I used to do that yeah. yeah that's like that was his job wow. and he just would go in that room just this totally dark room dang and just do that that's awesome yeah that was really yeah cool. I loved rolling bulk film yeah I think I still have my bulk roller I had yeah yeah oh man yeah if uh, you ever want to roll some it. film do, yeah let's <laughs> <laughs> roll some film man yeah yeah, but uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, a couple different. I think like I reached a point in photography where I just got into abstraction, um, alongside of doing skateboarding mm-hmm. stuff too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that was all like. So I I was I became like a contributing photographer for Transworld Skateboard Magazine, which was pretty it was a worldwide distributed magazine so that was neat like that's I was, big gavin yeah i was doing all these different things with skateboarding yeah um but then also the whole skateboard world started to shift and become more uh street oriented in some ways like and so um they they were saying like we were vert skaters First and foremost, though mm. I skated everything, mm-hmm. but like c- all the competitions were kind of based around vert. But then street, which is vertical, vertical. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vertical. So like surmise, half but pipes, I had to make sure half pipes with vertical or pools with vertical, mm-hmm. and that just allows you to pop out of the um, the ramp or the pool and catch air. Mm-hmm. a lot easier effortlessly yeah. and so um, um, a, a new form started coming in which was street skating Yeah, and so the whole industry shifted right in front of my eyes like another real like quick and I was yeah. in art school doing all these great things doing the zine I came to Tucson there was like vert contests and also street contests now they would set up obstacles on a basketball court little jump ramps and yeah it's like integrating 
the street element into skateboarding mm. and then everything shifted and I um, didn't shift with it mm. as easily mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of vert skaters who are you know professional skateboarders at the time who that's what they were held up in regard like everything shifted so quick and and then everything just dropped and there was a saying um vert is dead and so um oh, the whole sad. industry shifted and i vert is dead long live vert yeah well now everything's <laughs> like accepted in right. all ways but it was going really cool. more it was like we had to pivot away from that to yeah, get to street skate the whole industry shifted into street skating yeah and i was kind of a still skating never stopped mm -hmm. but also that's the that's kind of around the time when i dropped being competitive i wasn't into the competition as much and i wasn't into being a walking billboard yeah you know wearing all the companies names and stuff and i just dropped it all and that's when i went to europe yeah and um and when i came back i had art to like because i was so you know 100% into skateboarding i kind of was shifting that into art so i just started spending a lot of time in the libraries and just looking at artists yeah. and figuring out like what is this what are these paint you know painters about i was fascinated with painting yeah um so from photography i reached a point of abstraction through i think it was aaron siskind or someone i started zooming in on marks on walls and the history of of old buildings details and uh started looking at painters who were painting abstractly like that yeah and so um yeah thankfully i had art visual art to kind of channel that energy that i had and experimenting with ceramics and sculpture and video performance and stuff like that yeah um so you started really so now you know jumping forward to like right now okay. i want to bridge that well i just want to bridge the yes. gap here because yeah i know you as someone extremely dedicated you are like very um i, I think very disciplined in your mm. art and your yeah. craft yeah like you are in your studio a lot <laughs> you yeah you produce a lot of material mm -hmm. and art mm -hmm. and so you know like i i go through waves and ebbs and flows where you know i'll be really inspired and i'll just you know i'll have something come out <laughs> and i don't and then nothing yeah and uh, and I don't always keep up my chops, you know, where it's uh -huh. like just do it even during the lulls, yeah, and the, and the dips. But but I feel like you go, you're you're doing that, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the process is not all like as glamorous all the time, but yeah, I know you as somebody who's doing this, and I think a lot of people, you know, in in Tucson and beyond, who appreciate your work and yeah, and have your art, you know. Uh -huh. I know you've been in a many, many shows. You've, you've, you're, you're out there, you know? Yeah. So what is the inspiration? You know, how do you like going? So going back to that period of time where you started to get more into Ooh. painting. Right. 
Like, what yeah. is it that inspired that? And how did it, uh-huh. how does it influence you now? You know, how does it get to you to this point where you're just that's awesome. passionate? Bridge. You know, so there's a lot of questions there. Yeah, but, no, that's cool. I like that because I was wondering how we would make that. The leap. Yeah. And so, we're jumping. We're doing yeah. an ollie into yeah. the art world now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't. <laughs> 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 right. Um, so, like, my my last year in at, at ASU, um, I was on the nine-year program. You know, there was a lot of transition in there of figuring it all out. And... Uh, my last year, I did uh, independent study with with my color teacher Dennis Gillingwater, and he kind of allowed me to explore. It was independent study, do whatever mm-hmm. I wanted, and I really wanted yeah. to try painting, so I did that with him. I was also working at a, a coffee shop called Java Road in Tempe, <laughs> and uh, Java Road. it's where I learned how to come out of my shell. And 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 talk to people, you know. <laughs> coffee and yeah. the counter was yeah. in front of me, so I could like talk to people and feel comfortable. Still have a little space between. <laughs> yeah. They're not right up in yeah. your grill. Yeah, and I'm serving people. What can mm-hmm. I get for you? Yeah. Would you like that iced or hot <laughs> for here to go? And this when coffee was just starting, kind of. <laughs> coffee was just starting to come in. It wasn't yeah, just Folgers anymore. Espressos and. <laughs> Frops, getting lots, ECs. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was awesome because the owners moved out from Huntington Beach and they were into art. So we showed art there. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, this is cool. I want to get a job here." And I got a job. I I started making paintings, and I graduated, and. I've always just was kind of throughout college was just questioning the deeper, the deeper self. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those questions coming up and exploring religions, all different, you know, forms and uh, uh, just allowing the art to kind of help um, in the nonverbal expression area, I guess. I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I graduated, it's like I didn't have to answer to anyone, and I was working at the coffee shop, and I just started painting on my own um, without having to defend or talk about what was coming through, and I just allowed it to come through. And then I showed it at the coffee shop, and I could put it up, and be anonymous and see what people said and the response was awesome so you put you would be working there it was anonymous mm-hmm. right across from you and you mm-hmm. could just see how people were responding yeah i mean some people knew you know yeah. obviously that it was mine but the majority it was downtown tempe in the yeah 90s so lots of people coming in and mm-hmm. looking at the work and you could you didn't no one had to you know cat walking oh. through the alley it's all right it's <laughs> just a house cat nothing to be alarmed about it's a shadowy creature going yeah. through um probably uh, one of ours but yeah. yes yeah. You, that's real nice like so it was really cool i got yeah. to experiment that's when i first started 
like I've always ridden around on my bike. I would I would ride around on my bike and find wood to make art on. Yeah. That's when that whole thing started. And also a woman showed me how to stretch canvas. Yes. Um and so um yeah, it was great and I just started showing and then I started showing at other restaurants and coffee shops around Tempe. Yeah. And um here in Tucson, there was always I would start since skateboarding I used to come down Mm -hmm. and um, I showed at a place called Sprouts on 4th Avenue which is now the Beeline oh and not the not the chain Sprouts like a Sprouts this was just Sprouts before Sprouts the chain what was it it a a, coffee shop it was a juice bar juice bar yeah wow man Sprouts or Beeline Cafe wow was and uh, I first showed there and during I yeah and uh, Gigi worked there. Okay, there you go. Shout out! You should shout be out Tucson, Tucson staple. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's it. All just kind of unfolded from there. So coming down, and then you moved down to Tucson. Yeah. So, gosh, from Tempe, I met Kim Young, mm. and uh, from Tempe Bicycle Shop and the co-op up there, Gentle Strength Co-op, I worked at. Um, as well uh, and met Kim Kim moved down here to start Bikus it was uh, bootstraps not bombs or something like that oh okay first. So yeah she started that and I would come down and visit her <clears throat> yeah throughout the birthing of Bikus and yeah. um, would participate in the art auctions and kept coming down loved Tucson and the vibe yeah Tempe was growing exponentially and all of a sudden before my eyes like P.F. Chang's and Abercrombie and Fitch and all these places on Mill Avenue everything changed so quickly and everything grew so fast Um, and I ended up moving down here we're still kind of like a ghost town and Tucson was still super chill this was 98 so um it was great. It was like Tempe in the seventies, kind of, and like a great know, th- thriving art community here. Great art was, community. That's you one could of the live reasons. Here on yep. the cheap, it wasn't for sure tainted. Yep. The well wasn't tainted. Yeah. Yet there were public art projects which were <laughs> new back then. Yeah. The mid late late nineties. That was a new thing for yeah in the US. for me at least to experience like these tile projects along the freeway and then seeing Santa Teresa Tile Works doing stuff and just the community. So I would come down to Bikus and that building was like the hub. Yeah. And like Flam Chen and Puppet Works and all of that was just, it's like moving into a family. Yes. Amazing just group of folks. Grill and Congress. Yeah. And the downtown Saturday nights were galleries, like pretty funky galleries were here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. And ended up just kind of moving in and doing the same thing here, showing in coffee shops, still connecting in Tempe with showing art there, but really showing it like epic and bentley's and just kept showing i love showing i've 
ever since I started just showing in coffee shops because it feels like you can reach so many more people. Mm. Um, it's like art for the people kind I of. I love it. It's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way that people, very great exposure. Yeah. They're really taking it in, I feel like, because they can sit there and yes. admire it. They yes, can exactly. be there while they're even waiting. And it's like mm -hmm. a more relaxed environment to just kind of enjoy totally seeing the art. And I, I feel like yeah. Tucson has done such a great job of that in the places that I've, when I first moved here, Idle Cafe, Bentley's, yeah. all these places you're naming. And, uh, and then just getting to see these galleries that were like, oh, cool. This is really, this art is very accessible. Yeah. It's like museum art great on its own in its own way and then being able to feel like so connected to the community and artists that you're around uh -huh. and and seeing their process oh there's their studio cool that's neat yeah. you know and my and my grandmother was an artist so i grew up in her studio you know she's a painter awesome it was like um you know just being able to see like a different side it was like i saw grew up in that and she's extremely skilled watercolor um, oil painting and hmm. and then coming I think from Philly but on then to here seeing like s artists studios where it was like oh they're listening to punk rock and you know they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're, they're like have it decked out you know it's yeah. like funky and yeah the good funky <laughs> the good funk yeah and so that was really neat to experience that in a way yeah um, again that would just take it more into like your yeah more closeness and kind of a um, connectedness to the art and, and so yeah for you you know coming down here being in this community and and anyone that knows your art and you know we have the links here on the show you see gavin's art you have a i find you have a, a unique style so mm -hmm. And just so you have to see it, you know, I think your art has, it, it's a, has a vast, you have a vast body of work. And uh -huh. so your paintings, you have sculpture too. Um, even just when we've shared and you showed me, you know, your doodles and, you know, sketchbooks and like seeing the, the difference in what you, what you like to do. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, you know, you were inspired by, um, your study of world religions and spirituality so what comes into your art through that you know because that's such an important piece mm -hmm. what happens for you there when you when you come into that space to do art like how is that informing you mm. this is one thing that that I've flashed on which is that kind of ties everything together from like skateboarding up into the present moment is the ability to kind of let go almost of everything and allow something to flow through um, and that happened with skating because I, I couldn't you can't overthink things you have to um, when you're skating competitively just go with the flow and open up and let go you know and I didn't know that at the time and now the same thing happens when I'm painting and I think that's what causes me to want to pursue that as much as I do to um you know to get in the studio like I wake up sometimes 
before the sun and I'm just ready to go in there and work and excited to, to get in there. So I think it's that uh, letting go of the mind and it doesn't happen all the time, but you get in that flow and sometimes it takes other work to get you to that point to open up. So, um, and I think in life too, I'm just learning about the, that ability of being able to surrender just let go of the mind you know and uh it's like a journey for sure uh and it's and it's something that's not visible so it's like i sometimes will tell people it's like when you're going on a, a really beautiful hike somewhere and you're like let's just go around this one next bend let's just see what's you know it's like that you know go around that next bend and see what's there and so it's like a curiosity yeah. curiosity of exploration mm-hmm. letting inner. yourself go into yeah. yeah inner exploration for sure yeah 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 so really finding the inspiration through that like uh-huh. what's going to happen next and what is unfolding yeah there's definitely themes that if, if people look at the work they'll see themes that are um, repeated and that's just what's happening with me n- now or with, with the work and I kind of have been equating it to like a musician I have no idea like you play a song that you're familiar with um, I've never talked to a musician about this but if you play a song you're familiar with but it must be different every time and new mm-hmm. every time I would think or hope that's kind of the way it is with the painting like there's variations mm-hmm. within that theme and it may be a different tone or just you know no matter what yeah um, so yeah those are just some of the things yeah <laughs> that's that's really great and so for you being able to be in that space and like you said you just like that you get excited about doing that uh-huh yeah you get excited about the exploration and about going into your studio yeah and you want to do that and so there's something that stays fresh there within the process of creating uh-huh and you know i find that like again for me or, or some artists i know musicians it's there can be these periods of, of feeling stale or just like uninspired. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. what do you have to say to that? Like, is it just kind of just keep pushing, just kind of keep letting yourself or letting go, I guess. Yeah. Just keep letting your letting go into that. Yeah. Like sure. Now you're uninspired or this is what it is right now. And for, for the work that I'm doing, thankfully I've found ways to um, practice, practices in the studio where if I don't feel like painting I'll work with wood I'll cut mm. cut wood make frames sand wood um, pick up something that's been sitting for a while and sand it and cover it and set it aside um, and I think <clears throat> here here in Tucson I substitute taught for nine years mm. at Tucson High yeah and I developed um, sketching as part of the whole process too so I'm always drawing and sketching and um, if if nothing's coming out from 
my imagination, I could just look at a tree or a bird and draw, you know. <laughs> yeah. Pretty bird. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Pretty bird right there. Landed <laughs> right there for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think moving out of the way of the self yeah. to just kind of play, to mm -hmm. be a child. And I've, I've worked teaching little kids kindergarten through fifth for 12 years um, at the Museum of Art and um, seeing their freedom and their joy all the time. Like, I'm super inspired by that, too. Yes. And it's just that process of letting, just letting it come out and not yeah. worrying about what it is necessarily. So you, 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 your work with, with kids and younger folks, you know, where they still kind of have this, like, not as calcified as right yeah. so this process of like decalcifying yeah so that you can keep returning to this place of wonderment and exploration and like joy just freshness of yeah. like this is new yeah. yeah this is still fresh and new yeah and how can i just let this happen without being um like thinking too hard and getting yeah. in your own way about it or like you know yeah. judging and because yeah, yes. those are the kind of things I think can come totally. up for folks so and that's happening now with everything like with however I am now I'm just like carry that with me everywhere instead mm -hmm. of just like in the studio but just like in life like riding my bike or just it's a viewpoint or a way of seeing where yeah. um, it's joyful. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like a, the lens, how, what lens do you want to put on yeah. the, the camera for today? Yeah. Who, right? yeah. What radio do you want to tune into? Or, yeah. And, and so I'm learning that just recent, just within the last, I don't know. It's been recently where, um, Yeah. Yeah. Opening up and letting go. Opening up and letting go. <laughs> I know. It's these things that are like, it's funny because like we'll, we're talking about it and it's like these, these things I feel like almost honestly like cliche about and like, oh man, everyone, you know, all these other people talk about this and we know that and yet it is so ripe and relevant Yeah. for me uh -huh. and, and you, you know, I imagine a lot of people that we need these reminders it's like set the reminder yeah constantly yeah to come back to that because yeah. it's easy to drift away and go into these like you know turbulent waters of the mind yeah and heart yes yeah I, it's funny like <laughs> i i was writing like every morning i try to have a the daily contemplation time and writing and tuning in mm -hmm. and I was just writing like seeing through the eyes of love and and walking with love yeah. and being with love and speaking with love and I was like geez how many times have I like written that or like 20 some years of just like love you know but now I'm just feel like I'm really it's like washing over yeah more <laughs> which i guess is why there needs to be the constant reminders and pr 
practicing because it is a practice yeah. to keep oh, continuing to come like back to it. It's exercise, not a, yeah. Yeah, and it gets it does get easier. It does become more habituated towards that, mm-hmm. like living in joy and living in love, and that that actually turns out to feel really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if we just can if we can bring that correlation in, it feels good when I do that and live in that way. It it allows this person to deal with things that because you know we're here we are in the world it's dualistic there's going to be junk that comes up too and it just allows and not in a way to run away from it but to embrace that too and be like oh this is junky or this doesn't feel good but I can love it and yeah learn from it you learn from this gunk this toxic flubber (laughs) the flubber of the mind gets all gack and flaps and or just be like hey if it's the mind like hey take a break you know yeah we're on the same team here buddy right (laughs) yeah it's like that you know we're our own worst enemy we can just be such at war with it and yeah being able to give some time to just ease and relax into it Uh uh-huh Guess something, something, yeah, something I've really helped me is just the like how important relaxation is mm-hmm. in a way that's not like conk out in the TV. Oh, that's fun sometimes. Um, <laughs> being able to really just relax, mm-hmm. let things relax, and in that space, what can show up, you know, when mm-hmm. there's not this like rigidity and there's not this like holding such that like you said the dualistic yeah world like this the this openness and love and whatever we want to call it can hold that can hold the uh-huh. the other stuff yeah so it doesn't become as um deeply embedded or you know starts to kind of break up some of those yeah. holding patterns yeah 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 it's fun so like some of the music i listen to in the studio is is super important yes. while i'm working and i reach that state um, and it's been mostly uh, instrumental, and a lot of it, l- just as of lately, is um, uh, music. An, a, I guess it's someone by the name of Light Bath. It's just wow. Uh, might be Eurotrack stuff, uh-huh. um, synth synthesizer yeah. stuff, but it just I can listen to one four-minute song for like hours. Yeah. And just paint, and it, yeah. it's almost like not there, but it is there. Kind of like, you know, John Cage. Yeah, it's like okay, we're listening to. <laughs> I know it's funny, man. It's because you know, going from the punk rock world yeah. to that, and right. I did the same thing with me. You know, yeah. I was listening to like to flip on the the bad brain. Sometimes I'll li- I'll get into like. Yeah, watching some Bad Brains videos live at CBGVs and stuff, and totally. just being like, yeah. "Yeah, I'm pumped and I'm ready to go." And it's yeah. inspiring. Yes, <laughs> but it's like I don't really listen to it when I'm. Well, maybe I'll cut some wood and listen to the Bad Brains or something. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, how much the sound is influencing our. So now it's work. like subtleties of tone, tonal qualities for me, and mm-hmm. thinking about the tonal qualities of sound and the tonal qualities of um, colors and the harmonics of that. 
Yeah. Those are kind of some of the things in play when I'm working on the um, paintings. Um, Do you that find that the vibration. work your work with color over the years and getting so deeper into that um do you do you find that the color how much it affects your emotion and mental state yeah i mean there's kind of this thing where people will attach the meanings to certain colors and you know Uh this tends to be more what you're feeling when you're saturated in this color yeah and do you find that is kind of true like is there similar themes with it yeah i've never really overanalyzed that aspect of it's always been super intuitive just like mm-hmm. skateboarding mm-hmm. it's it's like an intuitive way of moving through um life and and um drawing lines and reaching for those colors like i worked when i was in college i worked at an art supply store so i would just gravitate towards certain colors and pull them back to the studio and um i locked in sometimes i would paint with one color for a long time but now I guess I'm maybe it's just the vibrational tone Mm -hmm. of them yeah I think uh, Kandinsky and Clay uh, wrote about that like with um, how uh, the correlation of music and color sound and color together um, and that's all has been fascinating to read about so, and explore. It is. It's really interesting. So I guess I'm just, I'm very thankful that for, I'm very thankful for creativity and, and like for skateboarding for kind of guiding me in this way of like self discovery and pushing one's self. Yeah into the now and, yes. and I think it fed into my um, creativity and art and it's just that DIY ethic creating something from nothing and I, that, that happens right now so I'm just so thankful especially um, every moment to have that practice yeah. of um, discovering I guess and creativity well, we appreciate you having that practice because you're making such wonderful, beautiful art and Yay. really uh, would love people to see it, you know, who, the circuit's who haven't experienced complete. it. The circuit's yeah. complete. Yeah. Well, so I've got a few questions left here. We'll do a little yeah. rapid fire round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> favorite. And I'm you're, ready for this. And you're ready for it. Although I just added another question in since Ooh. last. So this is, you're not going to be ready for that one. Um, yeah. Keep you, people on their toes. <laughs> favorite toy okay I've been thinking about this <laughs> so you know the toy years were really like in the woods right which yeah. is kind of crazy so I just want to run through a couple things that I was fascinated with and one was somehow I had an ant farm I don't know if that classifies as a toy I, it but does yeah, yeah it was fascinating for me mm-hmm. though I never I don't even know if I got it to work but I loved the picture on the box yes of just seeing that and then yeah. getting the glass thing and was it did you have a green one I had a green it one it was a green yeah, one yeah yeah, yeah. That's the one. and then somehow well we did get like the Sears catalog and I would mark all the yeah that's what my exposure to so I had an evil Knievel uh, wind oh. up 
uh, motorcycle. He was, like he was the on a motorcycle. van and the motorcycle. Oh, cool! Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> you never saw those? I d- I do. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I didn't have one, but I know it. And then I was thinking, well, the skateboard could be classified a, as a toy. Yeah, I would classify it. It's, I it's mean, a tool, it's but a, yeah. it, it really propelled me Yeah, that I still love. Yeah. Yeah, and you, yeah I know. Uh, I mean, you still skate. Yeah, still skate. Yeah. Super thankful. Yeah. Um, favorite movie? Oh, yeah. Darn. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> And I also know you're not a big movie yeah. buff. Yeah. I remember... Okay, I think... I did remember the answer. We're digging in. I know, it's funny. My <laughs> Yeah, my neighbor's digging here. It's great. This is another sound-fitting sound. Yeah, it's like... It's digging, digging deep. The evolution of movie watching. I guess some people maybe see one film and they latch onto it for their whole lives. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's certain films that affected me at different periods in my life like Fantasia was mind-blowing yeah of course yeah um the colors um in my 20s was Rumblefish I just loved that film that's a good movie um yeah from the S.E. Hinton um author who did The Outsiders oh yeah I like I like that movie yeah um (laughs) yeah I don't know that's Um, yeah yeah. you don't have to think too hard I mean that's good that's I don't know. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to throw this last one on you here. Favorite album. Ooh. Which is really tough. So this is kind of an unfair question because, again, this can be for different time periods as well. Yeah. It changes. It's it's fluid. But, you know, if there's anything even just sort of in the top, top list. Yeah. Maybe you come back to or it's something that's like... I don't know. I think one... One, it was a double album that definitely, like, was, even when we were listening to, like, New Wave and Punk Rock, it was just Pink Floyd, The Wall, like, the double album. Yeah. That really took me to a new space, for sure. Yeah. I spent a lot of time, I remember working on this uh, model of a ship at the time. Like a classic ship model. Yeah, and listening to Pink Floyd and just really—that's when I really first started opening up and listening to the lyrics and the sound that they created. So, oh, they're so good. They really got—they had great production. Their sound yeah. is like no, and no wonder it holds up now. It like makes things today even look like yeah. From the sound is yeah, yeah. That's that's good. How about you? What do you, do you have? Ooh. One favorite Uh-oh. album? Tables have turned. <laughs> I find that I was given a challenge. I don't know a year or two ago with like top ten. And I feel like that was top a lot ten of albums. Work. Yeah, yeah, that was more your. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a big one. So, um, that's when it became it becomes a little bit like easier to maneuver around. Like, what's the yeah? What are the tops? But you know, maybe for like. Probably for like a something that was inspired. I, I just have to say because again, it changes during different phases. Yeah. But I'll put Weezer Weezer's Pinkerton Ooh. in there just because it had such a left such a mark during a period of time when I started writing more music. Yeah. And so that that's probably what I'd go with. 
I have to say one thing. Yeah. I forgot we didn't really. Yeah. But like the first time I ever saw you <laughs> was when I was in my art studio. <laughs> yeah. Above Bicus. Yes. And I, it was early evening and there was an event down at Bicus and I looked out the window to see someone dressed <laughs> in a yellow outfit. Yeah. <laughs> and that was you being Lemon Man. It was super awesome. I was like, who is this character coming onto the scene? Who just rolled into town? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. Because you just started playing right there. Yeah. Like with your cape and yeah. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Poof, you just appeared. I did. I just popped up. That was it. <laughs> that was awesome. And I've enjoyed our friendship. Yeah. Just really within the last, it's only been like the last year year or so that we've got to yeah. hang out a little more. Yeah, I'd say so. More closer and just being able to. And that punk rock, mm-hmm. like, because you were into those yes. bands, but. Yeah. 10 years later? Or? Third tier, kind of, right? I was, like, on the next wave. Yeah. And, you know, playing in punk bands and um, playing with some of these bands and seeing some of these bands that, you know, you got to see. Yeah. Um, where cool. wasn't in, the like, the first wave, but I was like, oh, by this time, these are classics, you know? Seeing Jelly Biafra speak and going to see Fear in New York and the yeah. Ramones, like... Gosh, it's awesome! God, I got to see the Ramones. You got to see the Ramones. Yeah, tour. Got to see them twice, and those, oh, amazing! But, um, dude, this is a blast! Yay! So nice to have you. This has been awesome. Really enjoy our time together. Yeah. And is there anywhere you know you want to send people? I mean, we'll have links to, you know, to all things you in the show notes. You can check out. Is there anything else you just want to like? I wish there was more, but that's about it. Well, yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's good. People can find what you're doing and yeah. see, see what's, what's happening. Yeah. Oh, well, and I'm super excited about, um, tiny town, uh, next to the co-op there on fourth Avenue and here in Tucson. Yeah. Showing, I'm going to redo my zine from the eighties <gasps> and do some t-shirts and have a little art show in July. In July. Yeah. So. A tiny town. A tiny town. Um, so they're and they're in the in their space. There's the space next between the co-op and them. That, yeah. That's not. That's nothing. I don't know still. What, something's. Or is there nothing there? moving in there? Something might move. But in Tiny Town, they next. have the little gallery in yeah. there. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yes. Tiny little gallery. Tiny little gallery. Super intimate. Fantastic. Which would be great. And that's in July. So yeah, July. you can find out everything about yeah. that show, and uh, that's exciting. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Um, it's fitting too because of what we were talking about. Tiny. So. Oh yeah, I also want to give a shout out to my son Liam, my number one inspiration. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my friend. Great to see Yay. you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Be well, Gavin. Yeah. Wow, what a fun episode. What a great time hanging out with Gavin. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. So that was really great. I'm really happy that you get to hear about Gavin and um I want you to check out his artwork amazing amazing stuff he also has a show that i'm going to be posting that's coming up like we talked about all the information for that so if you're in tucson please go to it and if you're not in tucson then you should still go to it find them plane come here see it i don't care how you get here take a train boat um you can skateboard 
skateboard across the country to go to his show. And if you're hearing this after the show has happened, I don't know how you're going to get back to the future then. You're going to have to figure that out and let me know. And while you're there, get me the hoverboard that I've always wanted since I was little. I'm soupy, soupy happy, soupy. (laughs) I won't edit that out. I'm soupy happy that you're uh, joining me for these shows. Uh, Check out the Patreon if you want to throw in a couple nuggets towards my, um, my time. Very cliche podcasting thing to say, but, you know, it helps. It helps. And uh, if you feel like it. Either way, I'm happy to be on the journey here with you and for you to be there with me. Till next time, see you then. Hey.